0: a podcast all in one place. If you guys want to get in on it, make sure you download the free anchor app or just simply go to anchor.fm to get started. If you guys want the latest in what's going on in the pro wrestling world, latest news, rumors, gossip, headlines in the world of pro wrestling make sure you head over to the Random Wrestling Podcast, well over 100 episodes strong, as this is the longest-running series on the OKFave channel. You guys can check out all the latest that's going on every single Sunday night, live, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on youtube.com slash and, of course, on all major audio podcasting platforms. To the OK Fabe Show, the premier place for all your professional wrestling news and needs. Now, here's Connor, AKA OK Fabe. What is going on, everybody? It's yours truly, Conner, Fabe, and welcome, guys, to your October 12th edition of the OK Fabe Show, of course, right here on YouTube, Facebook, and wherever are. Fine podcast can be listened to whether it be iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Podcast, TuneIn, or our friends over at iHeartRadio. Thank you so much for tuning into the episode, guys. We are here to cover everything that took place on SmackDown last night and is the beginning of a new era for like the third time in my lifetime as we see the 2019 WWE Draft start to shake, take place. Night one is in the books. Now, as of this recording, we're doing this almost immediately after SmackDown went off the air. There could be some changes and updates to who goes where because not everyone was drafted this evening so I'll be trying to take as much information in after doing this review with you guys so thank you so much for your patience and understanding because there's a good chunk of stuff to definitely talk about tonight and it's it's a weird one because there weren't a whole lot of t- uh, changes between the brands a lot of people tend to for the most part stay where they were at but in, there were some ones that were definitely, definitely worth talking about, which I'm very, very excited, very happy for. We're going to talk about that in just a second. Of course, you guys, the routine, you guys are the whole deal. I was love to hear what you guys have to say. So let me know your thoughts about what happened on SmackDown tonight. Hit me up in the comments. Hit me up on social media, the Twitter, Facebook, Instagrams, all that fun stuff. Love to hear your thoughts on what went down on SmackDown and what you think is going to happen for Raw with the second half of the draft and which one of the picks were you you most excited for which one are you happy for love to hear your thoughts on all that as well so as i said night two of the uh draft lottery will be taking place next this coming monday and the one thing i will say is that i have to admit that even though the draft felt a little underwhelming you know compared to obviously ones of the past draft lotteries etc and so forth this one had a lot of in my opinion Great concepts and great ideas. You know, they abolished the idea of authority figures. There's no more general managers, no McMahon's in charge. But rather you Network representing Raw and Fox Network representing SmackDown were the ones ultimately making the draft picks with Stephanie McMahon coming out and making the formal announcements. So I figured rather than talk about the show at first, I figured let's talk about the actual draft picks themselves first because they kind of happened throughout the entire evening. Some people were disappointed with them, some people were feeling it was a little underwhelming. Um, but in general, I think that for the most part, looking at it so far, So far, so good. You know, we still have a pool of people to be drafted on Raw this coming Monday, and obviously anyone who was not drafted this evening or uh, tomorrow, or excuse me, Monday night, I keep saying tomorrow night, or getting drafted on Monday night are dubbed free agents and can choose to sign to whichever brand they choose to. So that's going to obviously muddy some waters, especially with champions still not being 100% drafted yet. We had a title change on SmackDown, so there's still a lot of uncertainty going into Monday night, but some of it has been cleared up so far. Uh, the idea of seeing the war rooms of Fox, Fox Network and the USA Networks kind of going excited or being um, you know, upset over the idea of losing a draft pick or gaining a draft pick, I thought that was kind of cool. You know, you had the draft lottery picks in the past. We had, like, the GMs kind of happy. But now it's the networks, and you're kind of peeling back the layers. And it really did make it feel like it was a sports draft. Say what you will about maybe the execution or the style or even who got there. It did, to to their credit, they did the best they could as far as making it feel like a big sports deal. You know, maybe there wasn't as much emphasis because, of course, SmackDown was going to Fox last week, so they put a lot of pressure on that. Hell in the Cell, I don't even want to talk about Hell in the Cell, what happened on on Sunday. But, yeah, that's kind of the general idea I got from this was that it was still, despite maybe some of the not-so-stellar picks, still felt like a big deal so that was I was very happy to see that so as I mentioned before USA Network representing Raw and then Smackdown was uh, represented by Fox and we saw some very interesting choices now again not everyone was eligible to be drafted on this night whoever is left over will be eligible on Monday night Raw to be drafted to either Raw or Smackdown Raw got the first draft pick and for every three Raw picks there were two Smackdown because obviously Raw has a uh, three-hour time slot versus Smackdown. SmackDown having the two hours. On top of that, we know that tag teams will be drafted together unless specifically individuals uh, get uh, excluded from the tag teams, and that is the discretion of whoever's making the draft pick. So let's kind of get this out of the way. Let's talk about the actual draft picks themselves and recap them as I have the list right here, ready and available. And as I'm recording this again, guys, this is the one where um, I'm going to be taking a look at the uh, live updates on Twitter and stuff. Because I do want to see if there's any other initial draft picks made uh, or people just announcing that they're being signed to either show. I know 205 Live is going on right now as I'm recording this, so I'll keep you guys posted. And of course, you guys can let me know too on social media if uh, some updates happen as far as who's going to what brand. So let's, let's kick things off first and foremost with Raw. So Raw had a total of 12 draft picks. Again, Raw having three for every two of SmackDown. So Raw only had uh, 12 picks this evening. First, they had the man himself, or man herself, Becky Lynch, the Raw Women's Champion. AJ Styles and the entire OC, Luke Gallows and Karl Anderson are also staying over on Monday Night Raw, so no real change there. So the Raw Women's Champion and the U.S. Champion staying on Monday nights. Drew McIntyre, the third pick for Raw, the fifth pick overall was very happy to see Drew as a top pick choice. That was great. Moving from SmackDown to Raw is Randy Orton. Uh, Ricochet staying right where he is as the number five draft pick for Raw. Bobby Lashley also staying on Raw at number six. Alexa Bliss, the former women's champion, both singles and tags, staying over on Monday nights. Kevin Owens, after vanquishing Shane McMahon in a ladder match last week, is actually jumping ship back over to Monday Night Raw. Natalia staying put on Monday Night Raw as well as the number nine pick. The Viking Raiders will continue their tag team dominance on Monday nights. Nikki Cross will be joining her bestie Alexa Bliss staying on Monday nights as well and being officially drafted from NXT up to the main roster. The former NXT tag team champions, the Street Profits, rounding off the final pick for Raw at number 12. So not a bad list, not really a whole lot of changes. The big ones really for change as far as the Raw brand, Randy Orton coming over. Uh, Kevin Owens coming over from SmackDown, and then Street Profits getting called up from NXT. So very happy to see that happening. SmackDown, on the other hand, had eight picks overall. Uh, This one was a very intriguing uh, choice, Again, this one had a lot more shocks because there were a lot more people that jumped over from Raw over to SmackDown. Uh, First and foremost, Roman Reigns, the first overall SmackDown pick, really not any surprise there. Uh, However, the second pick, which was very surprising, The Fiend himself, Bray Wyatt, will be jumping now over to Friday nights on SmackDown. Considering what took place not only at the beginning of the show with him and Seth Rollins, I'm actually kind of surprised that that Bray Wyatt's going on, but honestly, him and the next two draft picks for SmackDown really needed to change things up as far as their characters and their careers, so I'm very happy for this one. The boss, Sasha Banks, also jumping ship from Raw over to SmackDown, along with the Monster Among Men, Braun Strowman, now over on Friday nights. Of course, the highly sophisticated Lacey Evans coming in at number five for SmackDown. Uh, The Revival, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions decide to jump ship officially from Raw and remain on the blue brand as the tag team champions on Friday nights. Lucha House Party, that is Kalisto, Grand Metalik, uh, and of course, Lince Dorado. All of them are coming over to Friday nights along with the team of Otis and, and uh, Dozovic. Of course, we've got uh, and Tucker Knight. Uh, heavy Machinery coming over to SmackDown Live. So SmackDown having a lot of things change for them as far as their main roster is concerned. Uh, Roman Reigns staying where he's at. Revival more or less were already on SmackDown as they are the current tag team champions. Heavy Machinery finally finding a home on SmackDown, like finally being officially on SmackDown. I don't think they were ever officially not SmackDown, but it was hard to keep track with this wildcard rule. Uh, I think really the big three that I take away from the SmackDown side is Bray Wyatt, Sasha Banks, and Braun Strowman. Those three really needed to leave Raw for numerous reasons. Um, I'm very happy to see all three of them kind of change things up. Sasha's pretty much done everything she can on Raw with Bailey presumably staying on SmackDown. We'll see how the draft goes on night two. Do uh, you have the Besties team up? There's a lot more to do. SmackDown's women's division is really gonna be really strong Depending on how the rest of the draft goes same with Strowman. I said this millions of times before with Strowman in terms of his career Especially after losing to Seth Rollins challenging for the universal title most recently that Strowman needed to go to Smackdown I am very happy that Braun Strowman's now over on Smackdown So very happy for those picks again as of this recording so far. I'm keeping my eye on my Twitters and social medias right now No other changes have taken place Aside from those although there are plenty of other people to be eligible Eligible to be drafted, but I just want to see where else things take place. But let's talk about the actual show itself. Let's talk about uh, SmackDown as it took place tonight from Las Vegas, Nevada. As we open up with SmackDown's Roman Reigns against, well, for now, anyway, Raw's Seth Rollins, the winner, would receive the number one draft pick for their, for their deciding brand. Now, for me, this is an easy choice. I thought they would pick with Roman Reigns because Seth could still have the Universal Championship. Uh, SmackDown would get the first overall draft pick because they're on freaking SmackDown. I figured this just makes the most sense out of everything. A solid matchup between both men, but one that I was really not really paying too close attention to because, again, just uh, I was more curious about the result. But unfortunately, the result <laughs> was once again Fiend interference. This time, as we see uh, Seth Rollins trying to uh, trying to uh, set up for the the, the the stomp and setting things up. The Fiend pops up through a hatch in the ring and actually drags Rollins under. Lights come back on and Seth actually crawls himself out. Fiend pops his head through throughout the hole and then of course you see him appear on stage and just leaves everything in freaking question marks. Very strange. So you have my understanding as far as why I'm confused that Wyatt went to SmackDown when this was the ultimate end result. It would make sense more if the if Bray Wyatt attacked both Roman and Seth because you could just say, well, he was going after Seth and Roman just happened to be there, and then you segue into maybe Bray versus a Roman rivalry that we could see for the second time. This ending was just confusing, and honestly, I'm actually surprised that they had no, you know, part of my language, surprised nobody had the balls to do this considering the ending that was universally, no pun intended, hated by the WWE Universe at Hell in a Cell with The Fiend and and Seth Rollins. I'm just really surprised by this ending and really during the entire commercial break, people were questioning, like, well, okay, well, Fiend interfered. Roman was nowhere to be found. And so they announced once they came back from commercial break that technically speaking, because of the fact that uh, Seth Rollins was attacked. He won by disqualification. Therefore, Raw gets the first draft pick. So, of course, as I mentioned earlier, we get those five draft picks. We get Becky Lynch, Roman Reigns, the OC, Bray Wyatt, and Drew McIntyre to their respective brands, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, we see Renee Young also as, uh, managing draft reactions panel, consisting of herself, Booker T, Samoa Joe, and Beth Phoenix. They talked for a little while until Corbin makes his entrance, and we're actually getting ready for a King Corbin versus Chad Gable match, and I can't believe this. They're actually referring to Chad Gable as shorty, shorty Gable. Look, it's fine that the, the promo that, that Chad Gable did, like calling himself a nickname for the night, cool, awesome, you know, embracing the, the, the flaw that Barrett Corbett has tried to manipulate and try to gain some leverage or you okay, fine. Please don't take it that extra step and actually go ahead and name yourself this it, it's unnecessary. Once again, though, Corbin and Gable put on a very solid performance between the two, although this time Corbin is the one who comes out on top as he's, uh, we see Bo- uh, Baron Corbin slipping out of an ankle lock. Shift pin, nope, continues, hits the end of days and gets the pinfall victory. Very solid matchup, honestly, between the two. It's not that I have anything against him, but damn it all, if, if, if Gable did not deserve that loss, if for no other reason than because he called himself shorty, like just not needed. Not needed. Anyway, of course, we then get the next set of draft picks. As I mentioned before, Randy Orton to Raw, Banks to SmackDown, Ricochet to Raw, Strowman to SmackDown, and Bobby Lashley over to uh, staying on Monday nights and once again, we get a recap from Renee Young and her panel. We then get a video package about Tyson Fury, of course, with his match against Braun Strowman. We're going to talk about all the Crown Jewel matches that were made so far on tomorrow's episode of the Random Wrestling Podcast at 11pm Eastern Standard Time, so make sure you guys come in and make sure you watch this. It's going to be live right here on YouTube.com so make sure you guys come back and join us with that one. Uh, of course, we see a uh, backstage we see Tyson Fury is shadow boxing and commentary announces he'll be wrestling, of course, Strowman at the pay-per-view, and we get commercial break. Coming back, we get Lesnar flanked by Heyman as always. And this time they're of course talking about Kane Velasquez. They get the ring, and Heyman does his usual intro before saying he came out here to enlighten and educate us all. Please, Mr. Heyman, I would love to be educated by you, sir. See, when a normal human being is confronted by fear, they shake and quiver and have nightmares about their fears. And what does Lesnar fear? One thing to relive October 23rd, 2010, when the butcher of UFC Kane Velasquez beat victimized bloody and conquered Lesnar there's no excuses for that night but last week when he won the title for in four or five seconds mysterio forced him to confront this fear but Brock doesn't fear fear he embraces his fear and conquers them and a little more than nine years after a fateful evening he'll conquer and uh, he'll conquer the fear and conquer Kane Velasquez and before he can finish off with saying it's not a prediction it's a spoiler out comes Ray Ray and Kane Velasquez mysterio says Paul must have forgotten some of the footage and of course rules that video from still pictures from UFC 121 Kane says he'll beat Brock again and finishes of course in Spanish which Ray translate as a promise to to give Brock a matching scar on the other side of his face at Crown Jewel. There's some things I like about this, there's some I don't, and it took me a minute to figure out why exactly Ray was speaking for Cain Velasquez, and didn't take long for me to figure out why Rey Mysterio is talking for Kane Velasquez. Now apparently he signed a multi-year deal with WWE, which is honestly shocking. It's kind of going to be one of those, if you ever seen the Spider-Man meme where it's two Spider-Mans uh, pointing at each other, it's like Lesnar and Kane Velasquez. And again, we'll talk more a much more in-depth about this on episode 102 of the Random Wrestling Podcast this Sunday, as far as why they did this, the decision behind it, why they're doing it at Crown Jewel. I'll get all the skinny, all the details for you. Uh, This coming Sunday for that one. So definitely make sure you guys come check it out. Hell of a six-man tag coming back from the commercial. We see New Day, Big E, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods taking on the OC, AJ Styles, Anderson, and Gallows. Fantastic six-man tag. The thing that made me really head-scratching about the whole experience was that Kofi was so elated considering he just lost the WWE Championship a week ago in less than 10 seconds. Listen, I'm just saying that I... I'm very surprised. Of course, they do a Susan G. Komen moment with some uh, uh, survivors of breast cancer, which is always great to see that. I mean, I know I have different opinions about Susan G. Komen, but the fact that they were you know, showcasing the fight on breast cancer, always a positive message I love to, to, to support myself. New Day gets the victory here with a pinfall from Trouble in Paradise from Kofi on AJ Styles. Me thinks that New Day is either going to be broken up or we're going to see them over on Raw very, very soon. So, of course, coming up afterwards, we see a another set of round of draft picks. As I mentioned before, Alexa Bliss to Raw, Evans to SmackDown, Owens to Raw, Revival staying on SmackDown, and Natalya. Be on Monday night, Raw. Backward commercial. We're informed that Raw will actually kick things off this coming Monday with Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks in a first pick deciding the match of just like they did with Rollins and Reigns. So this case, Becky Lynch will represent Raw. And of course, Sasha Banks will represent SmackDown. The winning of a uh, winner of that match will be uh, will get the first draft pick that night. So make sure you keep your eyes for that one. Final draft picks for the evening. Raw gets Viking Raiders, Lucha House Party for SmackDown, Nikki Cross for Raw. Heavy machinery for SmackDown, and of course, we've got the Street Profits over on Monday nights. We get one more round with the panel, and then we get ourselves our main event between Be- uh, Charlotte and Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Now, this is the big thing I wanted to kind of go over because realistically, and this is no disrespect to anything else that happened tonight on SmackDown, aside from the draft picks, Really nothing else happened. And how could you do anything? Because you're in the midst of essentially changing the landscape, as Michael Cole likes to say, of WWE. So you can't really do a lot of heavy investment in any major storylines. That being not with said, however, as I try to make an English sentence, this was the big thing I wanted to talk about. Because now, Bailey is heel. And she has changed her character. Instead of coming out to... Her signature pigtail and the inflatable tube buddies, she actually decides to make her entrance out with a new haircut, getting rid of the pigtail and having a different hairstyle, jet black hair as we were somewhat used to her seeing, and then decides to take out, I'm not kidding you here, a pickaxe and take out every single one of the wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube men right at ringside, or right at the entranceway so the match happens between charlotte and bailey and while it was a somewhat impressive matchup between both women i think it's one of their better performances against each other in my opinion much better than the pay-per-view one in my opinion we see a lot more heel antics from bailey being more aggressive but charlotte being more of in control utilizing more of the power and tenacity that we see from the 10-time women's champion uh as we see uh we see Bailey heading up to the top rope, diving elbow, still can't put away Charlotte. She starts jawing at the referee, Flair, then hits natural selection. Bailey's able to turn around the spinning toe hold around and then actually gets the pinfall with an Oklahoma roll and a handful of Charlotte's hair to win the Smackdown Women's Championship. We hear Bailey celebrate with brand new creepily heel music and of course gets on the mic and says, Screw you, screw all of you with her new attitude to close out Smackdown this week. I love heel Bailey. This needed to happen for the longest time. We've seen bits of gray with her when Sasha came back, and they were kind of doing the whole four horsewomen thing. I understand that. I get that. But mother of God, this needed to happen so long ago, and I am so happy that it's finally happening. It's not a matter that I think Bailey sucks. I think Bailey is one of the better women performers they have on the roster. But man alive, there's only so much you can do with the same gimmick for so long. In fact, someone posted on Twitter, like the Bailey, you know, tube men thing, 2012 to 2019, That that's seven years of doing the same thing. essentially, essentially the same thing. You needed to switch it up, and you knew at some point Bailey was going to have to turn heel. Almost every great performer does. Becky's been both. Sasha's been both. Charlotte's been both. Bailey's the only one of the four horsewomen that hasn't, and quite frankly, it is extremely refreshing to see where this goes. Now, this could get over like a fart in church, absolutely, but I think with the crowd's reaction, I think it went over pretty damn well. The hair transformation, the music, getting rid of the two buddies, it was great symbolism of her getting rid of her old style. She took her time getting to the ring. She paused and hesitated and kind of realized that the temper tantrum she had at the pay per view was a very small preview of this final transformation. I don't know if I want any other forms of transformation from Bailey as far as physical appearance, other than maybe getting rid of her outfit and kind of making it a little bit more like a neutral color or just one color as opposed to having stars and everything around it. Maybe a gothic Bailey. Gothic Bailey. She doesn't give hugs, she just gives shoulder shrugs. I love it. I think I can smell that t shirt coming a mile away. Really SmackDown was known for those two things was the Bailey heel turn becoming ta- uh, SmackDown Women's Champion and then the draft picks, really everything else was subpar. It wasn't that there was anything bad as far as the matches go. Six-man tag was pretty solid. Uh, The the Brock Lesnar moment with Kane Velasquez was what it was. Corbin versus Gable was interesting. And Rollins and Reigns was fine up until The Fiend surprisingly interfered, not just because of the backlash they got from the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view on Sunday, but because now... In theory they're on two separate shows it was just very strange smackdown but then again you knew the focus was primarily on the draft picks and just judging from the first list that i have here and again i'm keeping my eye on my social medias tweets right here let me just take a look and see if there's anything else that's changed uh since i started recording this actual episode do 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 doo do. it doesn't look like anything else has changed yet which is good let me just make sure here. Let me make sure nothing else has changed. Nope, anything else. So, aside from that, I think that there was a lot of positive moves here. I wasn't expecting a crazy amount of changes to take place on on the the switching of the brands. So, looking at the preliminaries, you know, I think the big ones that I'm the most happy with. Street Profits finally getting called up. I think Kevin Owens to Raw was probably a smart move. Big thing for me, definitely, though, the big the big three was Bray Wyatt to SmackDown, Strowman to SmackDown, and Sasha to SmackDown. Because, again, I feel like they've already done so much on Raw that you really needed to switch up their careers a lot. Bray has not been on SmackDown since uh, since the, what, two, uh, since what WrestleMania 33. That was the last time we saw Bray over on SmackDown. Sasha Banks has never been a SmackDown-exclusive star. Same with Braun Strowman. So, you know, switching up those brands is definitely needed for sure. Uh, overall, SmackDown, it's hard to Give it a rating, but it definitely put it like the middle of the road, maybe even like a lesser road, like maybe four out of ten. It wasn't anything too exciting for me. Uh, Except for that ending. That ending with Bailey and Charlotte is definitely something you need to watch at home. But that's just my opinion, guys. I want to hear what you guys have to say. What do you guys think of the draft picks? Are you excited about the switcheroos or maybe lack thereof? And who do you think should go to what brand that has not been drafted yet? And what do you think of Bailey's heel turn? Let me know your thoughts in the comment section. Hit me up on that social media. And we'll see you guys tomorrow evening, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as we're going to be talking all the things about Crown Jewel and all the other latest rumors, gossip, headlines in the world world of pro wrestling on episode 102 of the random wrestling podcast thank you guys again for tuning in I appreciate the continued love and support take care and as always boom take it easy thanks for listening make sure to watch the okay Fabe show follow him on twitter at okay fave and like over on facebook.com slash this is the okay fave show